Do you have someone in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's <laughs> reading with you, thinking that you're just going to love her latest selection. And inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they recommended. I don't know that that's going to be true this time. I know. But wild. that is us. Uh-huh. We both read a lot, and I don't even read. I listen. But we rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books that build up new worlds, inviting magic and mystery into our lives. Science fiction and fantasy rule. I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. You can keep your elves in space operas. I will. Thank you for that offer. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, and each month we alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked mm. up on her own. Usually. <laughs> Even a book that isn't entirely your style may have some redeeming qualities to it, right? I guess we'll see. And we should definitely do a spoiler alert for this oh, one. Oh, boy, should we do oh, a spoiler boy. Oh, oh, boy, should we. So, well, let's say the title first. It's your book. Lead it, the show, my friend. It is The No Show by Beth O'Leary. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a big twist at the end of this book. So if mm-hmm. you do not want us to spoil it for you, stop listening now and come back to us after you've read The No Show by Beth O'Leary, which I think we both agree you should try. Agreed. Yes. Okay. I think this is a this is an interesting one. And I'll, I will add slightly onto that. The twist in this is all throughout. So yes. you read it and you're like, huh, huh, huh? Hmm. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, mm, oh. I get it now. Yes. It is all revealed to me, oh, great master of writing. <laughs> I, I see your vision now so clearly. I feel like I'm going to burst into song. You know, like I can see clearly now. I think maybe we I'm not going to sing that. Good. Because I feel like we would have to pay someone for it. That is probably true. But saying the words, I think, is okay. Okay. Well, you, good job, you. Thank you. So, okay. <clears throat> the funny thing about this book for the podcast <laughs> is that when I suggested it, you were like, oh, that's easy because I just finished it. <laughs> well, for people who, for the many people, many. Hi, Mom. Hi, Amy. Dozens and bajillions of people who listen to this Both podcast right, mm-hmm. regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, folks know that Christine is incredibly practical mm-hmm. and she plans ahead and does things like listens to her book in increments so that by the time we have the podcast, she has, say, finished it. Right? Correct. And I have a slightly different methodology <laughs> wherein I remember that we have a podcast maybe the morning of and go, uh-oh, time to read and quickly kind of jam through something, which is usually fine. Yes. Uh, and I have indeed finished let's say 95% of the books that we have read for this podcast <laughs> in advance of the podcast being, you know, aired. Sure. I'm not going to say recorded. I'm just going to say aired. Um, <laughs> but for this one, both Christine and I have read the other books by this author. And because we are both librarians and we are regular users of our library system, uh, we put our books on hold when they come out. It's like yep. an auto, like an auto buy or an auto hold. Yes. So I had had this book on hold even before you mentioned, like, hey, I'm thinking about this book. <laughs> and then I got it and read it. And then, oops, it was time for the podcast. <laughs> so this one's a slight deviation from our normal pattern. Yes. Yes. So, And I think you actually were the one that um, made me aware of Beth O'Leary. Mm-hmm. And she's so... I didn't realize until last night when I was doing my research mm-hmm. for, for this morning. In advance of the podcast. In advance, yes. how normal people do things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that she had only written four books, and mm-hmm. I've read all four. Um, Same. The first one, because you recommended it, it's called The Flat Share. Mm-hmm. And she wrote that in 2019. 
When she was 25. Okay. And then she wrote something called The Switch in 2020, The Road Trip in 2021, and The No Show in 2022. So she's, you know, each mm-hmm. year she's come out with something. Um, and I would say they are all um, quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think The Flat Share is my favorite of all of her books. Yeah. So um, she started writing. She worked in children's book publishing. Right. And she was watching other people, like, have their writing dreams fulfilled. She's like, I can do that. <laughs> so she started writing in between uh, commuting right. uh, from her home to her job. And her first book was published when she was 25, and her next one, she's skipping a year, so we don't have anything for 2023. Uh-oh. Next one's 2024. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, all of her books are kind of delightful. Yeah. They're easy reads, yes. I'd say, light reads most time, even though they take on some heavier contents. Yep. And they're all different, but they have kind of the same energy to both her writing style and the characters' growth patterns. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say – that they're light because I, when I was reading some other people's um, reviews and reactions mm-hmm. last night, um, it was kind of mixed. People were so, – so the gist of the book mm-hmm. is that three women have a date with the same guy. They don't know each other. Um, mm-hmm. And he stands each of them up. Mm, no, no. On boo. Valentine's boo. Day. Boo. Double boo. Mm-hmm. Or triple. There's three ladies. Excellent point. Thank you. Um, but then – the big twist at the end is that it's happening in different years. Mm-hmm. And you don't know that because the way the book is written is it's like it's going through a calendar year. And there's no reason for you to believe, oh, this one's happening in 2016 and this one's happening mm-hmm. in 2019 and this one's happening in 2020. Yeah. Um, and that is indeed the case. Now, you know me. I don't usually <laughs> like a twist ending. I usually think it's super weak and I'm like, uh. uh yeah. Um, and I had to think kind of long and hard about this one because I was like, is this cheap or mm-hmm. did was I not paying attention or like, you know, I, I was yeah. trying to I, – I thunk about it. I didn't just accept it. I I appreciate that you used your thunking abilities. I did. To both come of to them. <laughs> both of – because you thunked them together. Yes. And then created a thought. Right. Yes. I liked the trope of it. Right. Okay. So most of her books are – kind of rom-com-y, mm-hmm. um, and they've usually got some kind of, like, a trick aspect to them. So it's, mm-hmm. it's either a trope that is turned on its head a little bit, or it's something that you don't fully anticipate coming, even though she's leading a breadcrumb trail for mm-hmm. it. And with this one, I, I mean, by maybe the middle point of the book, you're, you're starting to pick up on the fact that the characteristics that she is sharing with you about the male protagonist, Joseph mm-hmm. Carter, in no way align with someone who would be dumb enough to date three women (laughs) and schedule three Valentine's dates on the same day and then miss them all. Um, He seems kind of, I don't know, kind of dorky in some ways, Mm -hmm. but genuine. Mm -hmm. And the characteristics that you typically think of of someone who is uh, a serial cheater, Mm -hmm. uh, that's not where I would land on that. Yeah, he's genuine. And and one of the things that she says repeatedly is – He's often late because he's Mm kind of scattered. Mm -hmm. But once he's with you, you have his full attention and he is zeroed in on you like and 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 I found that to be kind of charming because I've known people like that. That, you know, they're so busy giving their full attention to the last person they were with that they're a little bit late coming to you, but once they're with you, then you know, you you have them completely. Yes. And I think that's a charming characteristic. Agreed. Yeah. I I didn't mind the the finagling that happened with this kind of writing mechanism. Mm-hmm. That it's obvious 
So I read it through the first time, mm-hmm. just for, for reading. Right. And then I read it through in chunks and pieces in preparation for a podcast today. And now that I knew what was coming, right. you could you could kind of see it a little bit more clearly. It's like, okay, huge spoiler alert. <laughs> if anyone has watched, I don't know, like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, <laughs> right? And then you go back and you watch it again, you're like, oh, yeah. Knock, knock. He was dead. He was dead the whole time. <laughs> uh, the Sixth Sense. That's right, the title right. of the movie, right? But when you're watching it the first time, you're like, oh, what's right. happening? And then you watch it the second time, and it's, it is much more apparent. Yeah. And that's how this felt for me that now I enjoyed reading it a second time, even knowing what was coming, because I felt like I could pick up on additional pieces. Yeah. And all four of the main characters were well thought out, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed their different personalities and how they interacted. So, like, him as a character... Mr. Joseph Carter, mm-hmm. uh, he was interesting all on his own and how he interacted with the three women. And I actually liked, I'm going to call her lady number one, uh, Siobhan. Uh-huh. I liked her the best. Okay. And uh, I don't know how spoiler alerty do we want to get in this one. So we, Hey, man, we talk about the whole ending, so do she, it. She dies. It's sad. <laughs> it's very, very sad. sad. Um, she dies. It kind of wrecks him. It Yeah, and that's what messes him up in advance of him moving on to uh, bachelorette number two behind Miranda. the door. Miranda. Lady Lumberjack. That's not what they call them in England. What did they call them? Tree surgeon. That is, I don't like that as much, but no. No, tree surgeon. It's very precise. And we Lumberjack is like, yeah, Lumberjack macho. feels like I've got a chainsaw. Tree yeah. surgeon feels like I'm going in with a scalpel. Yeah, agreed. I think she had a chainsaw. Oh, yeah, she did. <sighs> she was mighty. I liked her too, <laughs> yeah. but. And that first character, Siobhan, she felt so incredibly real. Mm. She felt all of her emotions, and she was living this big life. And I think I just connected with her mm-hmm. as a character more. But they were all so different, these three women that he dated at different points in his life, yeah. uh, both with Siobhan and then after she passed, that I thought it was an interesting way to talk about a rom-com, that you know, your life and your love don't always have to, to end. Like, you can mm-hmm. continue on with things. So. Yeah, I and I it's interesting. I did not connect with Siobhan as much. Mm. Um I think one of the things that her character had the most that I think they all had was that sense of um the veneer that you show to the world. Oh, absolutely. And the stuff that's going on behind it that you're really struggling with. Like mm-hmm. she's a life coach. She's supposed to be getting the best encouraging people to live their best lives, mm-hmm. whatever that means to them. And um you know, finding yourself and being happy and being powerful and having agency and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she herself has this breakdown mm-hmm. and she has these two terrific women friends mm-hmm. who and, and that that's another thread that goes through the book is um, friendship and Absolutely. support and friendship where maybe you're not expecting it. Yes. And and making yourself open to yeah. letting being vulnerable yep. and giving people an opportunity to help you. Yes. Yes. So I think those aspects of the book I, I struggled with the idea that this was a rom-com, and it okay. seems like a lot of other people on the internet mm. did as well, and they were kind of mad that it was called a, a romance mm. because even though there is a happily ever after, mm. um, it's not yeah. really hard it, romantic. It's more no. just women's lit. I thought of it more of like in TV terms like a dramedy, uh-huh. like a drama comedy kind yep. of deal with some romance in there. And I'm sure, like many other authors, people get pigeonholed, right? Sure. So the first three books that she wrote, while they had interesting literary aspects to them, were were more clearly romance. Yep. It was about yep. one person finding another one person 
and being happy at right. the end. Right. And this one was a, a much more circuitous journey. So mm-hmm. like the Siobhan, the first character, um, part of what I really liked about her was her job as a life coach was to help people be them best, their best selves. Mm-hmm. And she put so much energy and attention into other people that when she had a critical moment in her life, when she thought she was pregnant, she broke down hard. She didn't have enough of herself left to give to figure out what even to do. Right. And then when she um, found out she was no longer pregnant, she just didn't even know what step to take next. Right. So she, she broke it off with Joseph. She went away for a while. She stopped working to take time to rebuild herself. And I think that's incredibly admirable. I don't yeah. I don't know that we focus often enough on mental health issues that, that feel lighter almost. Like she had a really rough patch, yep. but she had the resources and the friends and the things to get through it. But you also need to give yourself time and space to function right. and to, to breathe again. And I liked that she came back from it. So yeah. when she turned the corner on her personal mental health and physical struggles, she came back and she told Joseph exactly what she wanted. She wanted a relationship. She didn't want to just meet when they were in the same city anymore. Right. Um, so that endeared her to me. Yeah. And <clears throat> the third lady, J- Jane. Jane. Um, she was so sweet and so quiet and so mousy. <laughs> she was such a she was just a she was a little flower that needed to bloom. Well, she was a person who had been um minimized mm-hmm. so much that she just didn't trust her any of her judgment anymore. Mm-hmm. And to that the idea I mean, okay, this is gonna shock some of you who know me <laughs> as the fashion icon that I am. Oh yes. Please tell me about all the brands that you are currently wearing. Oh, I don't know that they. Is my one of, clothes don't have brands. Is one thank of them you. cotton. <laughs> yes, that brand. <laughs> the other one is a turtleneck wool sweater, which is kind of my go-to, <laughs> three hundred days of the year. Um, but I, I've laughed at her idea of I'm going to have an outfit for Monday, an outfit for Tuesday, an outfit for Wednesday. I was like, oh, that is brilliant. No, I have to adopt nope. that. How mm-mm. smart that is. You are not a child who has underwear that say the day of the week so that you remember. You're you're an adult. I believe in your ability to manage your closet. I have for years. Did you ever have garanimals? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do about? know what you're talking about. I don't. I think nope. we need those mm-mm. for adults. No. Nope. I really feel like that would increase my mm-mm. ability to mix and match appropriately. I'm going to bring you back from this tangent. Oh, okay. We're okay. talking about a book. We're talking about a book. Okay. Not that I don't love Garanimals. your fun adult business clothing idea. <laughs> but I, I thought that was so <laughs> indicative of how broken she was. Like yes, she absolutely. couldn't even, she just, she, she didn't trust her judgment to do anything. Yeah. So she had all these weirdo limits. She could read one book a week because mm-hmm. otherwise she would kind of lose it. Or was it a month? I can't remember. But she had a limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wouldn't ever let herself eat, uh, uh, cinnamon roll. And I was like, oh, why live? That's just a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Well, no, you're right. So she had gone through a really traumatic experience. And one of the additional threads that tied these women together was another man who was uh, abusive to some of them mm-hmm. and uh, really offensive. And he got Jane, he pushed her out of her workplace. Right. He, he got her fired for right. something that was not her fault. And so she retreated into herself. She took the money she got from this payout. She moved to this tiny little town. She started working for this charity shop. Mm-hmm. And 
she she sequestered her life, right? right? So she didn't have contact with the people she used to know, and she limited anything she had to make a decision on. So here are the clothes I wear so that I don't have to worry I'm going to make the wrong decision. Here's the food I'm going to eat so that I don't have to be nervous that I'm going to pick the wrong thing. Right. And I, I liked watching her relationship with Joseph blossom mm -hmm. over time because her relationship with him and her relationship with her friends who worked in the shop gave her kind of a boost of self-confidence mm -hmm. to, to bring her back to the person she was before this event. Right. And for both her and Siobhan, it was kind of a similar trajectory. Mm -hmm. um, and they are the two, I think, that um, our main male protagonists connected with the most strongly as well. Yeah, I agree with that. And ironically, I think Miranda is the healthiest of all of them because yeah. she just is the most she kind of got her stuff together. Mm -hmm. She knows what she wants to do. Miranda's the lady lumberjack lady. The lady lumberjack. And um, the first day on her new job, um, the hot lumberjack uh, yes. completely puts the moves on her. Mm -hmm. And he has this reputation for being kind of... Ladies' man. Yeah, a ladies' man. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so she blows him off and she's interested and she's... Um, Real committed to Joseph, who mm -hmm. she calls Carter. So I thought that was clever too, because the second, the second person, Miranda's the second person, mm -hmm. the second woman in this uh, story. And when she starts talking about her date, it's Carter. Mm -hmm. And the first woman, Siobhan's date, was Joseph. Yep. So initially, you don't know that it's the same guy. Yeah. Because they each call him something different. Yep. Um, and double, so it double does, first name person. Yeah. It takes. A little bit of time to kind of figure out, oh, that is the same guy. Okay, yeah. they are meeting the same guy. Interesting. So um, so she's committed to him, and she's loyal to him. And so when AJ puts the moves on her, she kind of laughs him off. Mm -hmm. But she can't deny that he's super attractive and got mm -hmm. this kind of swagger quality about him that yeah. she finds attractive. Um, and at the end of when he finally decides that she's the one that he wants, he realizes you would never put the moves on me when I have a girlfriend because you have too much mm -hmm. character and too, your morals are, are in the right place. Yeah. And I think that's another lovely, like, yeah. I think we get used to characters who are so flawed mm -hmm. because you need something like that in, as a literary device mm -hmm. to kind of move a story forward. That it's refreshing to have it was. somebody point out, I knew I would never get you that way because that's not ethical. Yeah. Well, I don't often read short stories. Uh -huh. um, I get... I want to be invested in the characters I'm mm -hmm. reading about. Because oh, you want it to be 29 volumes long. We know that. I would go for the 40s if you'd let me. But, <laughs> yes, 29 is fine, I suppose. And short stories, I often feel cheated a little bit. Like mm -hmm. you just start to get to know what's going on and who these people are. And even if the author is incredibly great at the work that they do, it's just not enough mm -hmm. for me sometimes. Some mm -hmm. of them are fantastic. And with this one, I felt like you got the pleasure of these smaller, intricate stories, like three of them mm -hmm. in one book, but with share, with continuity between them. Mm -hmm. So it felt almost like a series that you're reading about character growth and development over time, but it was in fact one story that was that was leading you down this path. So at the end of the book, um, unfortunately, Siobhan has has passed away. She mm -hmm. got hit by a bus, a bike, bike. That hit messenger her, bike, yeah. Messenger bike that pushed her into a bus or something like that. Well, she, I think she falls and hits her head on the concrete. That's what and it was. that's what. Yeah, I didn't like that part, so I skipped over it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. So she, she passes dramatic. away and it messes him up for a while. Because he's watching across yes. the street at a he calls restaurant. He her, yes. Yeah. And then Miranda um, ends up with, with AJ. AJ. 
And that relationship becomes a friendship with Carter, which helps him grow enough that he is ready to meet Jane at the end of the story and help her progress in calling out this this boss that pushes her out of her job because he gets called on sexual harassment complaints. And by the end, the pieces come together well enough that I was like, okay, I'm happy with the the trope that we've used Mm -hmm. about, you know, there's different timestamps on different stories in the interplay, but it was okay Mm -hmm. because I liked where it ended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really liked, I agree with everything you just said, Mm -hmm. and I loved some of the... um, side characters like Aggie was um, <laughs> Jane's friend and she like literally pursues her for six so months yes. to try to be her friend and finally she has to shake her and say I have tried I have been bothering you for six months because I like you and I yeah. want to spend more time and the reason that they meet is because <laughs> Aggie has locked herself out in a in a rainstorm uh-huh. in her bathrobe and she's a decorator and she needs to meet uh-huh. clients and so she needs to go from bathrobe to professional wear mm-hmm. in like a minute with no uh, money on her <laughs> and um, Jane does it it was that was a very adorable subplot and I think something that we don't often think about, it is incredibly hard to make friends as adults. Absolutely. You know, as children and as teenagers, you are forced into proximity because of school yep. or uh, extracurriculars mm-hmm. or whatever. And your parents, in some cases, are invested in your social skill development. Right. And so they make you do stuff like that. <laughs> but when you're an adult, you can go... I don't know. If you are an extreme extrovert, you can go find people, but then it's too many people. And if you're an introvert, you hunker in and then you forget that there's anything beyond a screen. And we don't have to go out and make adult friends, even though it is very healthy to have those types of relationships beyond family members and coworkers because they give you different perspectives and support structures that we don't always have in place. So I love that part. I'm so glad you brought it up. And Aggie was a hoot. She was. She was um, no holds barred about many <laughs> things in life. And poor Jane was so soft-spoken at the beginning of the story that Aggie, pursuing her for a friendship, she just didn't even know what to do with herself. Yeah, she was overwhelmed. Like, I don't even think she understood that someone wanted to be her friend, right. which is sad in right. and of itself, but is another character growth opportunity. So so are you going to go throw water balloons? That's Aggie's um, stress <laughs> relief. And I've also heard that you could go throw eggs in the woods, like just throw them up against trees just to watch them smash. Um, I probably won't do that. I like to eat eggs, mm-hmm. so I would rather do that with them. The water balloon idea was a great one, though. So she would go up on a... Sometimes she went up on a roof, and sometimes she'd just pitch them at things. Right. And then you, you, know, you gotta clean up after yourself afterwards. But, right. yeah, something that you have total control over right. that isn't gonna hurt anyone else, right. that lets you get a little aggression out. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen, there are companies that buy old buildings, and they will put old electronic equipment in there, mm-hmm. and you can go in as a consumer mm-hmm. and buy, I don't know, 15 or 30 minutes, and they give you a baseball bat, <laughs> and then you smack stuff. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of one locally, but I can't ID one for you at the moment. But, yeah, you, it's That's just awesome. a way to kind of, like, let out some emotion right. in a physical manner with eye protection in place. <laughs> right. um, but to, to, to pass that along when you need to. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. This was a good book. I'm glad... You, 
I am very glad you selected it, and I'm glad I had read it in advance. It was super easy for you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank it you. It was a payback for all of the, um, you know, man-hating books that I made you read. <laughs> well, in a slightly similar vein, so I get to pick next month's book. Yes, you do. And we are going to read a classic. So yeah. I think you may have read this already. Don't be too sure. In, like, school. So oh, okay. you probably need to read it again. Okay. But we are going to read A Wrinkle in Time. By Madeline Engel. I have not read that book. Ah, uh, how did you graduate from I know. elementary school? I should have been <sighs> held back. Oh, wait. Maybe I didn't graduate from <laughs> elementary school. <laughs> well, this is... I'm not even going to give a description. Because everyone's already read it, except me. I think me. most people have read it. But part of the, the joy of this... Don't watch the movie. I You have to read oh, the book. You can watch the movie afterwards, but you should read the I'm book I'm not going to watch the movie. You, you can. Okay. It's okay. Um, but the book is, I haven't read it in a decade or more, and I'm very excited to give it another go around. It is a slim novel, so Yay. I think you will be able to listen to it pretty quickly. And uh, it's another one that talks a lot about the the power and promise of friendship and growth. Lovely. So I hope that I hope that you and our many, many, many listeners. Yeah, I don't know if my mom that. and Amy have listened to it yet. <laughs> we'll so that is my pick for next month. We're going to do uh, Wrinkle in Time. I love that we're doing a classic. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for joining us on You're Making Me Read What? Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So please join us next month when we will be discussing A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle. Thank you very much and keep on reading.